Hello and welcome to GradCast, the official radio show and podcast of the Society of Graduate Students at Western University. I'm your host, Scott Walters. And I'm your co-host, Carly Sharon. And we are here with Yusuf Hassan. Thanks for being here, Yusuf. Hi, folks. Uh, thank you for inviting me on your show. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Yusuf here with us is actually, he is a grad student at Western, as our normal guests are, but he also plays the role of VP Advocate with SOGS. Would you be willing to tell us a little bit about your role here with SOGS at Western and what a VP Advocate does? Sure. Uh, so I've been here for a long, long time. I'm a senior citizen as a graduate student. I've been doing philosophy of science. And these past two years, I've been elected for oh, two and a half years, I suppose, uh, VP Advocacy at the Society of Graduate Students, which is our student governing body. Uh, and it's been one of the most meaningful, actually definitely the most meaningful two years of my life, uh, just to have this opportunity to serve our community uh, was, was, well, personally speaking, a, a journey where I learned a lot from others. And uh, just, it's been it's been it's been great. I'll just I guess mention I do all things I've done all things advocacy related to uh, student issues, uh, oftentimes engaging with other teams at SOGS, but also just uh, with our campus partners and also engaging with Canadian Federation of Students when it comes to external issues impacting all students collectively uh, nationwide as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I guess I'm kind of curious what what drove you to get involved with SOGS? Like, were you involved with kind of student government things in your undergrad or, or previously? What what drove you to this role? Hey, Carly, that's a that's a wonderful question. I think we all have our own stories, how we came to be in certain situations. I suppose I was involved with just community work initially, but it became more advocacy oriented especially after experiencing some, well, I mean, especially after seeing a lot of nonsense, really, at, at Western University, uh, or things that were incomprehensible, uh, but they were often more domain-specific, and I learned that this kind of BS is, is, is very prevalent, and uh, it motivated me to be more and more involved, and... Um, I guess, empower others if I could. I myself needed empowerment in my journey as well, but I I got more and more involved and became, uh, well, applied for the position and worked on it, spoke with people, uh, with other advocates who, 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 were, who had a lot of experience to begin with. Uh, and, and here I am right now, going all in for the VP advocacy position at SOGS. That's cool. So you saw issues and you wanted to be get involved and be part of a solution. I'm curious, could you share with us a couple of those inadequacies, those, you know, incomprehensible BS <laughs> elements that sort of drove you to, to take notice and you want to work against or work? Yeah, let me see if I don't break any NDA agreements, but uh yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think I think generally speaking, uh, I would say that our complaint system uh, is in, in different systems at Western are need a lot of improvement. Let's put it politely. Uh, and in terms of navigating those systems, getting supports, uh, the policies, the language, they're often not student centered. Uh, it's 
it's very daunting for anyone to go through any of these systems, be it at a program level, be it at a student experience level or SOG level, depending on what kind of issue you might be experiencing. Uh, and there's also a lack of communication between diff different entities on campus as well, resulting in further, um, I think, stress and anxiety for any students seeking help or clarification. And there are some amazing people out there in terms of providing supports and guidance, and some that are not so good. Uh, and so I wanted to be more involved to at least help with the complaint system in particular, um, and how anyone who is seeking complaint can cannot feel so lost or or even um, sort of view themselves in a black box or something, right? So I guess those were some of the things that I saw were were very problematic, but it was very very quickly in my role, especially, I realized that this kind of issue is prevalent in other areas in accessibility uh, issues, for example, uh, or uh, racial equity or gender concerns. And um, the same stories were there for all of these domains. And I didn't know much about sustainability, for example, and the internal issues. And so I had to learn from others who were involved for years and years. And really for me, I I my I saw often saw my role as empowering others uh, instead of <laughs> taking the lead necessarily. It's to work with people who know their stuff and to help dissolve uh, barriers uh, for them to get the job done. And I, I suppose that's one of the most I'm most proud of actually putting a lot of my effort in in this sort of a way. Oh, that's great. It's it's great to hear how passionate you are about this role and how much you kind of care about advocating for students and make sure that there's always kind of someone in their, in their court. Um, I'm just kind of wondering if you can maybe share with us what's one of the most like rewarding um, projects or uh, things you've worked on um, in your role as uh, VP adv advocacy. Right. Maybe, Carly, I'll say a little bit about my approach in general of advocacy and then also what was most rewarding. Uh, for me, Advoc doing advocacy meant doing effective consultation, collaboration, and also empower empowerment of others. And these are words that we all use, but what does consultation mean to me, for example? Tell you what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean to just you know send an email and get some feedback or something like that. It means to engage in the conversation. It, it means to be a proactive listener to reach out to students who may feel intimidated, for example. Uh, and I think that's, that is what leads to effective consultation. People feel heard. So that was something very important to me. The other thing for me that was very important is collaboration. What does that mean? Well, it's, it's teamwork, but it's also consensus building on projects. At SOGS, if we have some grand ideas that need implementation in a timely manner. You can't get it done because of a lot of bureaucratic issues. But as long as you have consensus among 
say your advocacy commissioners, accessibility, gender concerns, racial equity, uh, and pride, but also with your executives, with most of the active counselors, then when you present a motion at our council meetings, which happens every month by our student body representatives, uh, it's gonna pass. And your terms of reference for any, uh, say, new position will be less problematic. So it's working together with people, uh, being okay to compromise and sometimes this has happened that I know that in a committee meeting, I had the votes to pass something uh, because I had some proxy votes, um, but there was enough opposition to it that I thought it won't be helpful for our the harmony of our com committee to move forward, even if I want this thing to happen and can uh, make sure it does happen. And so you've got to sometimes stop and pause and then talk more with people and but come back in a way that people feel better about it and things pass in a better it with, with a in a more positive way. That's consensus. So that's collaboration for me. Um and the third thing that I've already expressed, one of the most important things for me has been empowering others, which is empowering not just others, but also student advocates. And there are a lot of internal barriers for people to do anything. The bylaws are very obtuse. Uh, and depending on what interpretation you take, you can either do this or you can't do this. And with those approaches, my approach, my way has always been, if you, if we know this is good advocacy, it's good for the student community, well, we're going to fight tooth and nail to get it done, come what may, despite any and all opposition, as long as we are on agreement with the first part. So that I haven't backed down on those issues and I've went all in. So with that, I would say um, empowerment also has to do with some a level of being an accomplice with a person as well. Uh, but of course you can't be, you can't go all in at times as well because you have to make sure that you're also healthy at the end of the process. Uh, so that's just, I guess, I suppose three principles that guide my own approach to advocacy in terms of what I'll just be very brief because I know I've been speaking for a while. Uh, I'll just mention some, but we can maybe talk more about it in a moment. Uh, I, I am most proud of creating four commissions. Uh, what are those commissions? These are these are permanent working groups um, who are chaired by our relative commissioners. So previously we've had four commissioners, racial equity and so on and so forth, uh, but we really thought that we needed teams. Uh, and structurally, that's not a very simple move at all. Um, but having teams allows people to do a lot more work uh, without, be, without burning, being burnt out at the, at the end of this process. So instead of four people, now we have roughly 50 people, graduate students involved who have their spaces to work in, who, who are contributing to our um, student well-being, uh, and so, so there's more empowerment of people as well, and the entire advocacy system is also uh, expanded. But this took almost a year, and again, the three principles were there throughout, uh, basic terms of references and everything, all kinds of issues, but when the motion came, not a single objection. 
Uh, and you know what? It was very useful to take that time because the kinds of um, terms of references that we have avoid a lot of issues that could have easily been the case, uh, the descriptions of the commissions. Um, so yeah, I'm most proud of that. And also just briefly, I'll mention that I, I helped create the sustainability coordinator position with an amazing advocate, Brendan Samuels, who is a current coordinator. And also I helped change our indigenous commissioner role into a more expansive uh, collaborative role with indigenous initiatives, Western indigenous initiatives. So now we have a SAGE coordinator who, whose job description or work has to do with some sort of collaborative effort between SOGS and Western. And that ensures that the unique needs are taken care of more efficiently. So I guess these three things were uh, some of the things that I'm really proud about. Yosef, you were highly involved in the demonstration against Bill 23 that was held here on campus at the end of last year. Can you tell us just a little bit about that bill and what it was like to help with the demonstration that went on here? Absolutely. So what is Bill 23? Bill 23 is, uh, excuse me for saying this, it's bullshit. I mean, at least that was our uh, demonstration uh, motto. Uh, and it's supposed to be a bill that's meant to help expand housing uh, and really help with the housing crisis that all of us, especially students, are experiencing. Um, but it's it's it does precisely the opposite in terms of uh, in terms of what the experts or the consensus of experts are saying. It's uh, suggesting that the kinds of housing that we're getting from the destruction of a lot of the green belt, uh, for example, is not really uh, either accessible uh, and uh, helping with the issue, but rather causing more issues with our environment. And there are other things that could have been done, including consultation with indigenous communities when it comes to our land. And people love to say the land acknowledgement, but they have no idea what those words mean. And that should be reflective in our bills, at least. Uh, so there's a lot of hypocrisy. And um, our um, sustainability committee at SOGS is one of the most active committees I've worked with, and our coordinator, Brendan Samuels. We wanted to create more awareness about this because people don't know. So one of the things we did was to first create awareness among our council members and have a statement written, an endorsement statement against Bill 23, but also precisely what does the bill say and what are the issues and where we should, uh, what we could do to be more involved, to reach out to our MVPs, for example. And honestly, that had some internal issues as well. And I'm glad that it went all the way to the council for discussion. Whatever happens at council, we're okay with it. If they say no, that's okay, we'll, we did our best. But it can't be the case that we in advance say we won't even go there because we think there may be some issues. Well, you know what, let's have a open discussion about this in a democratic way. And that's what we did. And when it was presented, we were prepared. Uh, we had a lot more to say. And you know what, it was extremely well received. It passed, that was now the endorsement 
of the whole society on behalf of the counselors. And within a couple of weeks, maybe three weeks, we had a demonstration, which was an incredibly uh, fast demonstration. And that was made possible because we had enough support to begin with. Um, and there are just some incredible uh, speeches there as well. A lot of people came. A lot of MPPs and city councillors also came. And we're very proud of that. And that's just the beginning of work. We later got involved with Canadian Federation of Students. And now the, the biggest union of more than half a million students has endorsed our letter as well. That is their main position. For the next few years, uh, we will be working on exactly these issues and related bills as well uh, that, that uh, concern sustainability. And um, we are incredibly proud about that. But again, I should mention, this is all a teamwork. It's never me. For me, and for me, my role was to, uh, you know, remove dust and uh, barriers, basically. <laughs> Yeah, no, that, that's awesome to hear. And thank you for all your hard work and all your, your team's work as well. Um, I guess from what you've told us so far, it sounds like you're involved in a lot of different areas. And I'm just kind of curious um, what a day in your role looks like and kind of how much of your your time you're dedicating to this role, because it seems like you're so passionate and you're you're so dedicated to it. I am just, I'm just curious. Okay, don't tell, uh, don't tell my department or uh, other people, but uh, it's more, it's basically a full-time job, unfortunately, though. Uh, because ideally you want to balance things better, but I'm just like, uh, without going into details, I'm I'm really happy that I, I spent the time I did for this role. Uh, and it's even more than a full time. Like, uh, I well, I forget about the hours, though. I, I'll just mention that um, a day usually, <laughs> last semester, it, it's about all kinds of, I don't know, like, class happen or there's some emergency there there's an emergency there you've got to have a fire extinguisher ready as well but oftentimes you want to be proactive to ensure those things don't happen but they still happen <laughs> and it, it's very uh it can be incredibly challenging um it really takes a toll on your health as well and so that's those are hard things to balance i would say um but maybe there's something happening happening between songs and PSAC, and that needs to be remedied immediately for, because it impacts all of us, or maybe something's happening between us and one of our campus partners where we're not really going anywhere. And this is, we need, we really need to make some concrete, uh, um, we need to have concrete results and not just have conversations. And uh, some individual case that really shakes us all to, to our core. Um, and again, those cases are, I mean, we might hear from just one person, but that's something that's shared by so many others as well. So it is a systemic issue. It can be extremely hard. And I think conflict resolution was one of the toughest things to navigate these spaces because look, a lot of great people, but we, we have differences and there's a lot of push and pull and you've got you've to gotta ensure that People are working in teams, and that is above all because that impacts that 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 relates to the how well 
graduate students are serviced, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, it can be very, very difficult. Uh, and that's true for all executives, I would say. Okay, great. In addition to your role as VP applicant, you are also an active PhD student in the philosophy department here at Western. Have your studies in your discipline, philosophy, influenced your work with SOGS or your other roles? Like, do you find much overlap? Does it does it lead in think about things? Well, not di directly at all. I do philosophy of science. Uh, I think about numbers and uh, scientific theories and the, the nature of those things are, as uh, so you might think, well, okay, where's the advocacy and commissioner role in sustainability? But I think there's some principles that I, I've been uh, influenced by in my life. One of them is known as the principle of tolerance or the, uh, and it, it basically means that Okay, in philosophy, it's about tolerating different logical systems and choosing one system over the other based on some pragmatic considerations. But in real life, <laughs> I would say that uh, that kind of principle is applicable to to different projects, and 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 that tolerance can be there in our uh, in basic systems over here, in in different approaches in advocacy or. Uh, depending on how people value certain things, people can go in certain, certain other areas. It helps me to better understand things and being not too absolutist in my approach, but I, which I think does help practically in advocacy as well. So you can see how fairly indirectly there, there is some positive, but also I think just the way of thinking that philosophy has taught me uh, has been fairly helpful, but again, fairly indirectly as well. Yeah, so can you maybe just uh, speak a little bit more about what what your, your research or thesis topic is in philosophy? So it's about ex explaining a scientific theory in the most basic language that we can think about. Uh, in philosophy, oftentimes we think we know what we're talking about and we're fam with familiar objects or uh, concepts but it's only upon inspection we realize that this is the most elusive thing we've encountered. And there's a whole history of discussion about these things. Uh, so I would I would just, just say it's about clarification of scientific theories in the broadest way uh, that often involves um, thinking more about the nature of mathematics and the role it might play in scientific theories the weirdest answer ever or, or or it's about struggling about questions like does five actually exist i can't really touch it maybe it does but in a different way who knows <laughs> what brought you what brought you to that to that discipline to that subject well i was doing i i had a predisposition for or a sort of inclination for i guess problem solving and i realized the more interesting questions for me in math were philosophical uh, you know, why did we choose one, one geometrical system over the other? And is there something like a correct system as well? And I learned pretty quickly that in logic, you have really weird things happening in one system. One thing could be an absolute, the true come what may statement is logical truth, but the same statement in the other system is a falsehood. Okay. Well, what's going on? I mean, how do we understand or reconcile these uh, different systems? And it just fascinated me. Uh, 
And I suppose one of the things that intrigued me was a meta theorem and mathematics realism computer's theorem. Uh, long story short, you couldn't prove the absolute certainty of any system that has enough of mathematics, basic mathematics, which had implications of not being able to prove the axioms that we take as granted to work in a, in a system. And that led to a bit of a mathematical crisis for mathematicians, at least in the 20th century. Historically, for me, that was fascinating and intriguing. And those questions were led me to do or think about philosophy of science and philosophy of mathematics. Okay, great. That's really interesting. I think that's about the time that we have, but I'd like to thank you for being here with us, Yusuf. This has been GradCast, the official radio show and podcast of the Society of Graduate Students at Western University. I've been your host, Scott Walters, and my co-host was Carly Sharon. We've been speaking with Yusuf Hassan, and this episode was produced by Jordan Vandenberg. If you would like to get involved with the show or get in contact with us, email us at gradcast at sogs.ca. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Gradcast Radio. To listen to us, we are on Radio Western 94.9 FM. You can also find all of our episodes anywhere where you would find podcasts to listen to. Thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of your day. 